This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. We start moving on right up here and right in here. That's the first place we move on. Because until something changes here and something changes here, we don't move on. So we're going to talk about moving on from the past today. Because that's that's so hard for so many people to do. Whether it's the distant past or just this past year or the past couple of years. Maybe maybe, uh, you've really been hit hard by the circumstances of life. Maybe uh, you've been wounded, you've been hurt, you've lost loved ones. I mean, you've had a, a business that's closed or whatever it might be. But, you know, God says this. He says, don't sit there in your misery. Don't sit there in your fear. Don't sit there in your woundedness. It's time to move on. Amen? So, turn to Exodus chapter 14. Exodus 14. You know, every one of us, to some degree, have been influenced by our past. We have been shaped by it, whether good or bad. Usually it's a mixture of both. We've, you know, and it's it's shaped our expectations sometimes. It's it's shaped our view of God. It's shaped our uh, worldview of, uh, you know, uh, about uh, what to expect, what to believe. You know, some people, you know, their pastors told them, you know, you're never going to make it. You're, You're just a failure. You're no good. Nobody likes you, especially God. Amen. Whatever it may be. But, but, you know, I got good news for you. I've got a word from God for you, and I can say this with boldness. This is a word for you. It's time to move on. Amen. Here in Exodus 14, we're all familiar. We're probably with the background story here. God has has visited. He's heard the cries of His people. He's visited them in response to their prayers. He's raised up Moses. He sent Moses in to to deliver them, to bring a message of deliverance to Israel and to Pharaoh. Amen. And, and you know, and, and here's the thing about, you know, uh, there has to be some ties that is severed from Egypt and Pharaoh. That's what we're going to look at today before you can move on. Can you imagine? Think about this now. Let me give you just a little bit of background. For 400 years, now, you know, 400 years ago, what would have been 1621? Is that right? Is that my math right? All right. Anybody got an ancestor that goes back that far? I almost do. I'm, 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 in the six, I'm in the 1650s. So you think about it. If, if, if you were in a place like that, you were in another country like that for 400 years, and not only that, but they were in servitude. They were... They were non-citizens. They were seen as, as you know, as, as property. They'd be sold and traded, and their life was not valued. And this is what's going on for 400 years. And suddenly, this guy comes out of the wilderness. 
Says, hey, I got a word from God for you. God says it's time to move on. This is so I'm just letting you know this is the background. <laughs> Can you imagine how that struck their ears? And see, some of you, it hadn't even been 40 years. Or maybe even four years of your past that is shaping the way that you're hearing what's what's being spoken. Whether it's what the world is speaking, Egypt, or what God is speaking. So think about that today. Now here, now we're going to move forward. We all know that, that God... You know, he, because Pharaoh would not let them go. Listen, you have to sever. You know, Pharaoh is a type of Satan, the God of this world, who wants to keep you in bondage, spiritual bondage, financial bondage, social bondage, all kinds of bondages. He is the Lord of bondage. Jesus is the Lord of freedom. Hallelujah. Amen. So if something's putting you in bondage, it's probably not from Jesus. Okay. So now, finally, Pharaoh has let them go. They've broken that soul tie to Pharaoh. All right, they, they've come out of his, his realm. And now, here they are. They're moving out. They're following Moses. Now, here's where we're going to pick it up. In Moses, in, in uh, Exodus 14, let's pick it up in verse 10. Israel is right at the Red Sea. Verse 10, as Pharaoh approached, God, Pharaoh sent his armies with all of his chariots. With all, and listen, you got to understand it. This time, Egypt was the superpower of the world. The Israelites, I don't even think they even had a sword. Because, you know, you, if you want to keep a people in servitude, you're certainly not going to let them keep arms, are you? <laughs> the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified <laughs> and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us? To the desert to die? You can see what their attitude was, wasn't it? Can't you? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? That's, that's how they received the word of the Lord. Leave us alone. You know, and some Christians, it's unfortunate, but their attitude is... You know, Pastor, don't start, you know, prophesying and, and talking about God going to do miracles and, and it's time to move on. I'm, I'm comfortable right where I'm at. Leave us alone. <laughs> Let us serve the Egyptians. Boy, it, get, it gets worse. It would have been better... For us to serve the Egyptians than to follow the word of the Lord. Now, that, they said to die in the wilderness. But see, that they, notice what they said. Now, notice how they interpreted the message they had gotten. 
Moses said that God's going to bring you out. He's visiting you. He's remembering his covenant that he made to our father Abraham. There's a land flowing with milk and honey. This is where God's going to take us. Every man's going to have his own house, his own fig tree, and all of that. And here's what they heard. We're going to die. That's what they said. What you really believe is what's coming out of your mouth, not what you tell us in church. I mean, I hope hope they, you know, are the same. But I I want you to see that. See, because what, what? Even though they were coming out of Egypt, Egypt was still in them. Moses answered the people, don't be afraid. Stand firm. You will see the deliverance of the Lord. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Now, I read that as a background because 15 is what we're going to focus on today. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Now, that seems to be a very strange statement. I mean, you know who we got? Who else is there, Lord? I like one translation says, stop praying and get moving. Stop praying and get moving. There's a time to pray. I believe in prayer. I pray all the time. But there's a time when God says it's time to get moving. Now notice here, he says, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. God has spoken a word to us. God has spoken a word to you. And it's time to stop praying about it and get moving with it. Move on with it. Part of that is we have to move on from Egypt. That means old ways, old thinking, and the old diet. The old ways. You know, Paul said this. He said, if any person, man, woman, be in Christ Jesus. All things of Egypt. Now, I added Egypt, but I don't think it really changes. You know, Egypt is a type. All things of this world, the ties with the old Pharaoh, the old system. He said, those things, he said, they have passed away. Now, the reason I'm wearing a suit today is i got to leave immediately after this, and I'm going to go officiate a funeral because somebody has passed away. All things have passed away. And you know what happens when, when someone passes away? We have a funeral memorial, but after that, what? They're buried. But you don't stay there by the grave. I mean, nothing wrong with grieving for your loved ones. I'm not, I'm not belittling that. But you don't stay there in the graveyard, do you? You don't, you, you, don't, you don't pitch your tent there by the graveyard. But sometimes, you know, as believers, old things have passed away. But, you know, I know before I came to the Lord, it wasn't nearly this bad. You sound just like them. Oh, I tell you, ever since I come to the Lord, Pastor, I'm telling you, it's one bad thing after another. You sound just like them. 
Thank you for your enthusiasm. <laughs> look, look, look in uh, Exodus 16. Our old ways have passed away. Listen, you need to bury some old ways. Amen? Listen, don't feed the flesh. I'm telling you. The flesh is not redeemed. You feed it, and then the next thing you know, it, it's going to rear up against you. Amen? The flesh is not redeemed. The flesh don't care anything about obeying God. The flesh don't care about you praying. Lord, don't even, don't even think about fasting. It don't even want you to pray. The flesh don't want you to, it, the flesh don't want you to read your Bible. Come on. Flesh don't want you giving that money to God you gave this morning. Flesh says, hey, we could use that money. Thank you now. Our old ways. See, they got to get rid of the old ways and the old thinking. See, we, too many of us, we look to Egypt. See, we got a word for 2022, but it came from Pharaoh, not from God. The world system. Well, I'll tell you what, you better look at it. It's probably going to be worse this year than it was the last two years. There's probably going to be 16 more variants of that virus. You know, and you know how you are. You'll probably get them all. <laughs> Come on. Who, who, who? The, see, Pharaoh still wants to speak. See, he's, he's still sending his chariots after you. He still wants to pull you back. <laughs> Our old thinking. Look here in uh, Exodus 16. We're going to read there in just a minute. You know, you ever thought about this? You know, when God brought e uh, the children of Israel's people out, He said, I'm not going to take you by the shortest route. You feel like you were on God's scenic route? <laughs> Lord, I, whew, man, I'm telling you, I'm on the scenic route here. I see all kinds of stuff. But he said that one of the reasons that he did that was he was endeavoring to get Egypt out of them. Oh, was it difficult. They squalled and bawled and complained and griped. Sounds real up to date, don't it? Amen. Come on. They didn't like the food. They didn't like the way Moses did things. They didn't like the way God, the, the direction God was leading them. They didn't like anything. Exodus 16. <laughs> Notice what it says here. It says, uh, well, let's just be, pick it up in verse 1. The whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin. Well, <laughs> which is between Elam and Sinai on the 15th day of the second month. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole community. I mean... Bible scholars says there was probably anywhere from one and a half to three million people. How would you like to be one pastor with that church? 
couldn't even see them all. And then they're all grumbling. All complaining. Can you imagine how hard it would be to please three million people? Woo! Man, I'll tell you what. It makes you appreciate Moses a little bit more. Yeah, he wasn't perfect, but I'm going to tell you what. <laughs> he, he had me beat by a mile. Because I think when God said, I'm, I, get out of the way, I'm ready to, to kill them all, I probably would have said, yeah, God, I'm right there with you. Now, I know y'all are spiritual. You wouldn't have done that, and I salute you for that. But instead, Moses said, no, God, didn't he? I'm telling you. All right. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. Now, let me just say something here. You know, there's a principle that is involved, that is involved here that God is trying to change in their lives. We know this. Jesus said, whosoever shall say and shall not doubt in their heart, but shall believe that those things which he or she says shall come to pass, he or she shall have whatever they say. Did Jesus say that? He did, Mark 11, didn't he? So if Jesus said it, it's in red in your Bible, it's got to be true, right? And it's got to be true all the time. Not just in the New Testament, it was true back there too. Now, you notice how many times they kept talking about dying. Oh, if only we died by the hand of the Lord. And then when they started dying that way, they started complaining about that. So watch what you say. If only we had died by the hand of in, the, in, in Egypt. Then we set, there, there we set around pots of meat, our flesh pots. And ate all the food we wanted. In other words, we did. We were pretty comfortable there. You know, Moses, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, we built some pyramids and stuff. But, I mean, you know, it wasn't so bad. I mean, you know, we had the flesh pots. We ate pretty good. We had the garlics and the leeks and the onions. See, a lot of people, when you come out of Egypt, see, your taste buds haven't changed yet. Their taste buds hadn't changed yet. They you know, can't move on because they were still thinking about where they had left. They weren't like Abraham. He said to Abraham, he said he didn't, he didn't think about where he had left. He kept his focus on where God was sending him. And see, that's what an attitude of faith does. But see, you can tell if Egypt still got a hold on you, if your past conditioning has still got a hold on you, you can tell it by what you're saying. Not here in church when you're at home talking to your husband and your wife. When there ain't nobody else that can hear you. Boy, I don't reckon we're ever going to make it. Wonder why it's always something always bad happens to us. Man, I'm telling you. What do you think about this year? I wonder how many is going to die this year from the COVID. Well, Egypt, I mean, uh, CNN says, or any of them. I just picked that one out. They all, all are saying basically the same thing. You, see, you, you're still getting your news from Pharaoh. You need to change your channel. You need a Holy Ghost channel. You need a faith channel. You need a Word of God channel. You need a River of Life channel. 
Get in the right channel. Get on the right frequency. Stop listening to Pharaoh. Because if you do, you're going to keep thinking the same way. In the old diet. He said, there we sit around our flesh pots and ate all the food we wanted. But you brought us out in this desert to starve this complete assembly to death. Notice how many times they talk about death. We're going to die. You brought us to die. Pharaoh's going to kill us. This is going to kill us. That's going to kill us. God's going to kill us. You're going to kill us. We're going to kill you. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it was death everywhere. Isn't that true? It was death. I mean, that's Egypt for you. Egypt is a death culture. And this world system is based on a death culture. They don't want you think. So you see somebody talking about, well, I don't know about all that positive thinking. That's because you're in a death culture. I want to ask you something. Do you think God is a positive thinker? You better know it. You better be glad. Amen. He was absolutely positive that his plan, which he planned before the foundation of the world, would work for you and I. Despite the fall, despite sin, despite the devil. He was very positive about it. Amen. So we got to get rid of the old diet. Listen. This year's a new year. Watch what you're taking in. Some people, see, some people are listening to the Pharaoh system more than the God system. It's no wonder you're stuck. It's no wonder your, your, your walk with God is circular rather than moving forward. See, Egypt, because, uh, Israelites, because they, they wouldn't listen, they wouldn't heed, they could never get Egypt out of them, so they could never walk in a straight line very long. I'm going right. I'm heading this way. This is where we're going. We're going to the promised land. But their thinking and their words and their response to God's message, they couldn't keep in a straight line long enough. They kept going in and just took them in a circle. Thank you. I said, Pastor, I was hoping you were going to encourage us. I am. Amen. If I went in your house and I smelled something stinking, I said, hey, it's your garbage. Take it out. Would you be mad at me? It's your garbage. It ain't mine. I didn't. Now, if I brought it in, you could fuss at me. I didn't, you know, I didn't bring that garbage in. <laughs> it's Egypt stuff. Get rid of it. Listen to God. You want God's best? You got, then you, listen. It, doesn't just, it would be great. I wish it would just fall on us, you know, like ripe apples off a tree. Boy, wouldn't that be great. I would love it. But you know, thank you, brother. But you know, it's, it doesn't work that way. God says, you know what? He says, I prepared it for you. But listen, you've got to move on. You've got to do your part. You've got to trust God. You've got to respond to God's Word in faith and begin to take hold of what God has for you. And that means letting go of the old diets. Listen, stop eating the leeks and onions of all the talking heads out there. 
Why do you? I mean, just because they're on the internet or they're on TV, that don't mean they're right. Anybody can get on the internet. Isn't that true? Anybody? I mean, you can get you can open up a channel tomorrow and get on there. Go on there and teach physics, and you don't hardly know how to do long division. That don't make you right. I mean, you you know you can get on there. And, Put all these letters behind your name. But that don't necessarily mean you know what you're talking about. See, don't be gullible. Amen? You say, yeah, but there's, there's smart people. Yeah, but you have the mind of Christ. They're certainly not smarter than him. Paul says, you have the mind of Christ. All right, real quickly. Getting Egypt out of me. See, moving on from Egypt, the new birth. you got to let go of some things. And listen, this year, at the beginning of the year, you need to get along with God. I know. Pastor, I work hard all week. I need my downtime. Get in the presence of God. In the presence of the Lord, there is refreshing. In the presence of the Lord, there are pleasures evermore. In the presence of the Lord, your strength will be renewed like the eagles. You'll be able to walk and run and not faint, not be weary. I'm just tired all the time. Well, you need to get in the presence of God more than anybody. Amen? Because he says, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, when we get in contact with Him, says He will quicken even your body. Woo! Well, I'd like to serve, Pastor, but I'm just a doggone tired at the end of the week. Get Egypt out of you. Get the new kingdom in you. Thank you for your enthusiasm. So here's the thing. Turn over to Romans 12 real quickly. How you doing out there? Don't worry, I'm, I'm, I'm going to help you out here. You don't get mad at the doctor if you go to the doctor and he says, this is, something's wrong with you. You know, you don't pull out your gun and shoot the doctor, do you? No, I mean, he's just, he's just, reporting, he's just reporting things. I'm just a reporter. You know, the Holy Spirit's the one that will show you. And let me just say this, all of us from the pastor on down, there are things that the Holy Spirit wants to change in us. I haven't arrived, have you? Apostle Paul himself, he said, not that I've achieved all this. He, he just got through talking about, the, you know, uh, identifying with Christ in his resurrection and the power of his glory and all of that. And he said, but I haven't, I haven't arrived yet. Listen, my job is to preach God's best to you. doesn't mean I've arrived yet, but it doesn't mean you have either. Amen. Romans 12, verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of Egypt, this world. But be transformed. Be transformed. Be transformed. Be tra- when we move on in God, we will be transformed. That means you're going to look different, sound different, talk different, act different in some respects than you did last year. I'm going to be transformed. My faith is going to be transformed. 
My mouth is going to be transformed. My love walk is going to be transformed. I'm not going to live in the graveyard anymore. That old person is dead. And I'm not grieving for him anymore. I remember uh, in the story, you know, with, uh, with uh, King Saul, you know, he was the first king of Israel, as I'm sure most of you know. And, and you know what? But, you know, once he got set in, man, I'm telling you, bless his heart. And I'm not criticizing him. I'm just telling you, reporting what the Bible says because it's written for our admonition. But he, he, you know, he wouldn't listen to God. He, he, he decided on his own rather than asking God about what he should do. Aren't you glad we're not living under the Old Testament? <laughs> and so finally, God just said, you know, all right, that's it. He's, he's not going to listen to me. He says, I want you to go and anoint, a, a, you know, a new king. But here's Samuel. Samuel, who was a godly prophet, he was praying. Oh, man, he was praying he was interceding for Saul before God. He was interceding. Oh, God, here's your man. You know, use him. Uh, God, give him another chance. You can, he can do it. You know, you, what, you know, I don't know what he said, but he was interceding. Finally, God said to him, he said, How long are you going to mourn for Saul? Get up and go anoint the one I'll show you. Listen, stop mourning for that old life, for that old man. Stop mourning over that old wound, that old hurt. How long are you going to mourn over it? How long are you going to live in the graveyard where that thing is keeping you? Don't be conformed to the past, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How are you going to be transformed? Well, I'm going to go on a 90-day fast. Don't do that. <laughs> but that's, that's not what he said, was it? Well, I'm going to read the Bible through, you know, 85 times this year. No, he said, you've got to get your mind. Where's your mind? Everybody pointing to your mind. Where is it? It's right in here in that bump on top of your shoulders. <laughs> he said, it's got to be renewed, refurbished. Amen. I remember what was it? Two years ago, Cindy took one of our tables and she refurbished it. I mean, it it was transformed. It looks it looks different, and I'm tell you what, it looks so much better. And see, we're we're able to use it and enjoy. It. God says, until you get your mind renewed, there's not going to be a transformation. Some people think if I just go to church long enough, you know, I'm going to be transformed. No, honey, He didn't say. Be transformed by going to church. You, and he said this, renewing of the mind is a personal responsibility. I'm only your helper. Listen, if all you're getting is Sunday morning, listen, your mind will not be renewed. If you're going to listen to Egypt, 127 hours, I think it's 128 hours in the week. Isn't that right? You mathematicians know that. What's 7 times 24? It's about 128, isn't it? 148. 158? Whatever it is. Well, 
You, you, so you come here and you're here an hour. And I don't even preach an hour usually. So here's the thing. You get 40 minutes here. And then the rest of the time, you're listening to Egypt. No wonder you're struggling. I'm, I'm surprised you're still here. I, I couldn't make it on that. I couldn't make it on that kind of spiritual ration. I mean, I couldn't. Yeah, but you're the pastor. I know, but I'm still a man just like you. I couldn't make it on those rations. I'd be, I, I mean, my prayer life would be nothing. My faith would be... Woo. You, you think I still need some work done? If I went on those rations, you'd really think, Oh, Lord, help the pastor. Who said amen? <laughs> <laughs> then you will be able to test to prove what God's will is. Good and pleasing and perfect will. It's no wonder. You can't get in the will of God, in the perfect will of God, the good and perfect, if your mind's not renewed. Because you're listening to Pharaoh. Yeah, you've come out of Egypt. Yeah, you've heard about the promised land. You've heard Brother Copeland talk about it. I mean, you know. You know, once in a while you get a dip of Copenhagen. That go over your head. All you saints, you know, there's a there's a type of snuff that people dip called Copenhagen. So I did a play on that Copenhagen. So I don't understand. Listen, you got you got to get it. You've got to get your, what, your mind's got to be renewed. That's primarily your responsibility. It not only takes the Word, it takes prayer, it takes listening to God. I want to tell you something. It takes some effort. Yes, there's grace there. Yes, the Holy Spirit will help you. But if you don't decide and do something, nothing's going to happen. Amen? I mean, I, you know, I've used these illustrations before, but... It, I mean, if you were going to, to Michigan and you went 50 miles north and then 200 miles south, then another 50, and then another 200 the other way, pretty soon you're going to drive out into the ocean. You're going to be past Miami. Well, I, but I'm driving some in the right direction. Problem is you're going the other way in a much larger direction. That's why you can't seem to shake... Those doubts, those fears, those hurts, those wounds. And you know, that's a miserable place to be as a Christian. Can you imagine all these Israelites that came out, they finally get up, they're right here at Jordan. Now, Jordan is not the Mississippi. It's not that wide. They, in other words, they could see right over there is where I want to go. heard Moses talk about it man that's all we've been hearing about the land of milk and honey there it is man I could almost skip a rock cross I'm surprised somebody didn't just try to swim over there I don't know but anyway but you know a lot of Christians they, they hear about the land of milk and honey the abundant life the blessing of the Lord Peace that passes all understanding. 
love instead of this, this envy and jealousy can rule in my heart. I can have joy. Oh, I can have a relationship where I can hear the Father's voice. I can know that I'm loved. I don't have to carry around guilt and shame all the time. It's just right. You know, I've told you my story about, you know, one time going up to visit family in upstate New York. Of course, you all know Cindy's from upstate New York. So we used to, especially when the kids were little, we'd go up there pretty regularly. You know? So I had this bright idea, you know, I'm going to drive back. This time I'm going to go through New York City. See, I'm not as smart as you thought I was. <laughs> it was not exactly a good idea. I mean, it was interesting, but it wasn't the best idea in the world. You know, and the thing about it, if you've ever been in a large city that you're unfamiliar with, sometimes, you know, of course, you know, now, and I have to, let me at least give this caveat. We did not have GPS, young people. You're like, how did he get lost with GPS? He really is dumb. I'm not quite that dumb. I can't follow GPS. But we didn't, this is back, you know, in the, in the early 90s. This was even before the, in the, in the, even in the 80s. This was before the Internet. I feel like, I feel like I'm my, my mom and dad now. I'm talking about before the age of TV. <laughs> I'm not that old, <laughs> but before the Internet. So, you know, you could see where you wanted to go, but you couldn't figure out how to get there. And right at the last minute, because you didn't know where you were, how to get there, you see where you need to go, but, man, you're cut off. You can't get over. So, you know, you've been some of those roundabouts. In Europe, I remember driving in Europe, you get in those roundabouts. They have a lot of roundabouts there, you know. And you, you go around that thing, and all of a sudden, there's your road over here. There's your road over here. But if you're in the wrong lane, you're going to go right around again. See, that's what was wrong with the Israelites. They, they couldn't get over there. Their thinking was all goofed up. You know, I believe this with all my heart, that there's so much more God wants to do for us individually as well as corporately, but we won't allow him. Because our thinking's messed up. So here's the thing I want to ask you for 2022. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? Are you just going sleepwalking through life and don't really even, you're not even a, you know, aware of the moment. You know, in the word, you know, in the fishing of the business world, you know, there's uh, the buzzword, you know, mindfulness. Anybody heard that term? Be mindful. <laughs> well, what is your mind full of, though? We need to be mindful of God's presence, of God's power, of God's grace, of God's promise. Amen? We need to be mindful of that. So that God can do what He wants to do. God didn't save you and then just set you off on autopilot. Otherwise, why would He give you the Holy Spirit? Why did He say when the Holy Spirit comes, He's going to guide you? If it's autopilot. So, what are you thinking? Then the other thing, what are you seeing? I'm talking about in here. In your imagination, in your mind, what are you seeing? How do you see your life? How do you see your future? How do you see your family? How do you see Passion Church? For all I know, you may be undoing all my prayers. 
You may be, I mean, I might be like Moses, you know, in the tabernacle praying, and you're out there to come here. I'll tell you what, I wonder when we're going to get going. I wonder when he's going to figure out what to do. Hey, I didn't just fall off the turnip truck. I've been around the block. I'm in my 40th year. So here's the thing, you know, we have to be, we have to be mindful. You know, it, listen, at least keep it in neutral. What does that mean? Don't say anything. <laughs> if you can't say the right thing, don't say anything. Amen? Then the Bible tells us, be slow to speak and quick to listen. Funny how we get that turned around, isn't it? We're quick to speak and slow to listen. That's what, see, that's an Egyptian syndrome. You need to get cured of that. <laughs> We're talking about getting Egypt out of us. So what are you seeing for 2022? What do you see? I mean, honestly, when, when it's just you, not here in church where we're all, but what do you really see? What's, what's the future for you? Is it murky? Is it muddy? Is it, is it opaque? Is it clear? What, what do you see? Is it good? Is it, what is it? Listen, I want to see with God's vision. You know, you see some of those old movies, you know, that, that were made in the 40s and 50s, you know, and even the early 60s, and you know, when, the, when it's first coming on, the, the big screen goes out this, and I mean, it's a big deal. Filmed in Panavision. You ever seen those? I'm giving away my age again. Aren't you? you know, Panavision. What's your panoramic? What's your, in other words, they were saying, man, I'm telling you what, this, we're, this film is being made in a different way. It's, it's being seen and, 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 and projected in a sharper clarity. The colors are more vivid. Everything is better. What are you seeing? God's panavision or your vision? sure you've noticed I have reading glasses I didn't always need reading glasses <laughs> but my vision changed a little bit after I got a certain age <clears throat> so I have them to read by I can see you fine out there it's just up here <laughs> but see we need to get our vision you know and ever so often I go and have my vision checked when you get in your prayer closet and you take this Bible, you know what you're doing? You're getting a vision checkup. Some of you ain't been to the <laughs> get a vision checkup in a long time. Nothing wrong with my vision. <laughs> Why do you keep bumping into that same rock? Tripping over that same root. What are you saying? What are you saying? Listen, I, I believe this with all my heart. God is always the smartest person in the room. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it sounds like. I don't care how many, you know, PhDs they got. I'm, I don't care. God is always, always, always the smartest, wisest person in the room. And until you actually settle that in your heart of hearts, you're going to be listening to this one and to that one and to God too. What, what James called 
Double-mindedness. It creates a double-mindedness. Remember my, what I showed you, you know, double-mindedness is like, I'm going right there. Well, I don't know, it don't look too good. I'm going right there. Well, I don't know, you better be careful now. I mean, I'm only going to go three feet. But if, if, if I'm double-minded, how long is it going to take me to get there? One of these days, I'm going to tell you what, boy, we're going to get, I'm going to get the breakthrough. One of these days, you know, I'm going to start nursing, stop nursing this hurt. I'm going to get to one of these. What are you saying? What are you saying? Amen. You say, well, I just don't believe that's that important. Okay, well, let's go to the, see what the smartest person in the room said. I sure don't claim to be the smartest person in the room, not even in this room. But we're going to talk to the smartest person we can all agree is the smartest person among us. Jesus said, have faith in God. I tell you, if anyone says this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes what they say will happen, it will be done for them. It amazes me how many Christians, you know, will just kick and buck and fight and claw and scratch and fuss about that verse when all the time it's working for them. Well, I just don't believe that. You're one of them, name it and claim it. One of them, blab it and grab it. <laughs> See, you can tell, just like the people in Egypt, they, they, they've got their own interpretation of what's coming into their ear. No, honey, I'm going to tell you what. If you're just going to take this and you're going to try to treat it like that, name it and claim it and blab it and grab it, you ain't getting nothing. It don't work that way. He's telling us a principle, not a magic formula. It's a principle of the kingdom. He said, here's how it works. He said, he said, whatever you believe in your heart and you speak it with your mouth, if you do that, it's going to come to pass. You talk, I mean, the Egyptians, they all got what they said. They all died in the, the ones that said would that we would die in the wilderness. They did. And the two that said, God's well able to take us in, they went in. Proofs in the, of the puddings in the eating, isn't it? They all got what they said. So don't fuss about that. I mean, it worked for all of them. All million and a half to three million, it worked for them all. I mean, you can drive your car in reverse everywhere you go. I guess you want to. You might get a ticket or have a wreck, more likely. He said, but believe what they say will happen. It will be done for them. So what are you saying? Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is speaking. See, you can come to church and, you know, you can lead us to believe that you're a very spiritual person. That you're full of faith. But when you get home, that bill comes in the Mailbox. Mm. Six thousand dollars. Oh. I guess we better go sell the car and most of our furniture and see if we can pay for it. I don't know how we're going to pay for that. See, I, I'm just giving you... Yeah, so you could. <laughs> that's where we live, though, isn't it? 
what's, what's $6,000 to God? I mean, you know, he could just give you the change out of his couch. All right, breaking the grip of my past real quickly. Grave robbers. The whole lot of Christians that are grave robbers and don't even know it. Turn to Colossians. Does that intrigue you, grave robbers? Remember what we said, or rather what Paul said, or the Spirit of God through Paul. He said, if any man, woman, be in Christ, they are what? A brand new creation. The old things, Paul said in Romans 6, the old man has passed away. He has died. You died where he's dead. But see, there's a whole lot of Christians. They're, they're robbing the grave. They're digging up the old man. Colossians 3. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts, your innermost being, on things above. Where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds. Set your minds. Set your minds, Passion Church, on things above, not on earthly things. For you died. That may be news to some of you. Because you're a grave robber. You've, du- you've mourned the old man and you, you've, you've dug him up. You're carrying him around with you. We know because we can smell him. Come on. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears in you, also appear with Him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. In other words, the flesh. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now you must also rid yourselves of all things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language. Don't lie to one another. He's talking to spirit-filled, tongue-talking Christians. What's this? Doesn't mean they're not saved. Doesn't mean they don't have not received the Holy Spirit. Doesn't mean they're not going to heaven. But it does mean what? There's some Egypt in them that hadn't been, hadn't been gotten out. Or they become a grave robber. Because all these things were associated with the old life. And he said that died. So if you're still carrying around some of these things, you, you have, without knowing it, you become a grave robber. You're carrying around part of that old man. And then they talked about the flesh pots. Look in real quickly, Deuteronomy 8. How you doing out there? You getting anything out of this? I want to help you and me. <clears throat> Deuteronomy 8, verse 3. Let's back up to verse 2. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart? He's wanting to get Egypt out of them. What's in your heart? What's in your heart? 
Is it God? Is it his kingdom? Is it his plan? Is it his purpose? Or is it your own? Or is it one that Pharaoh told you you should have? To humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then he fed you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. See, we talked about, you know, when you come out of Egypt, you've got to change your diet. See, see, some people, they still have an appetite for the leeks and onions of Egypt, the flesh pots of Egypt. Oh, but pastor, it feels so good. Boy, I tell you, man, I gave them a piece of my mind. Boy, did I give them a piece of my mind. And it felt so good. Flesh pot. You're eating at the flesh pot. You're eating out of the flesh pot. Come on. I'll tell you now. <laughs> See, and you remember the children of Israel about manna, they complained about it all the time, didn't they? Man, I'm telling you, I want some of them good old leeks and onions. This manna stuff. I'm so tired of my manna bread, manna cotti, the manna burgers. Man of burgers, man of this, man of that, man of this. The word, the word, the word, the word. Every time we come to church, Pastor, come about the word. You need the word. Feed on the word. Eat the word. Eat the word. You need to be in God's word. You need to fish of God's word. You need to read my God. I'm so tired of this manna. <laughs> Listen, my flesh don't like it any more than yours does. You have to train it. Anybody ever had a new puppy dog that you kept in the house? If you didn't train that thing, you're going from one mess to another. Come on. I mean, I don't mean to be crude, but they're going to poop and pee all over your house. They're going to chew up your furniture, chew up your... Come on. And you, I love him. He's the cutest little puppy dog in the world. I agree. But you know what? You got to train him. Because if you don't train him, he's just going to do what he does. <laughs> and if you don't train this flesh, if you don't discipline your flesh, if you don't do something with this flesh, it's going to do what it does. And it loves the flesh pots of Egypt because it's not redeemed yet. All right. One last thing. Taking Egypt into the promised land. You know, in Israel's day, God had to raise up a whole new generation, didn't he, of Israelites that weren't influenced by Egypt, that were willing to eat the manna, and not only eat it, but delight in it. They loved the manna kadi. Amen. They loved the manna burgers God served up. They loved it. They were quick to obey. They, 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 their ear was tuned to hear God. Isn't it interesting? Nobody that still had Egypt in them went in. I'm not talking about heaven. I'm talking about the promised land. That's the, the, see, the, the promised land is not heaven. 
Amen. Because in heaven, you're not going to have to wage any battles and defeat any giants. The promised land is the spirit-filled life that we see in the scriptures. Love, joy, peace, righteousness, love in the Holy Ghost, power, miracles, abundant supply, serving, sacrifice, doing it with delight and joy. Preferring my brothers rather than myself. Serving God. Putting Him first. All those things that we talk. That's the promised land. But listen, you, you can't take Egypt, into, you take Egypt into the promised land. It won't work. See, a lot of people, they're saved and everything, but they're still on this side of Jordan. Listen. God's word to us, Passion Church, move on. And if he tells us that, you know what? That means I can, you can, we can, individually, corporately, move on. Move on. I'm telling you, I'm putting the past year, two years in the rearview mirror. We're going to put the pedal to the metal, and we're going to move on. And Everybody wants to. We love you. We, you're welcome to. If you don't, we still love you, but we're moving on. We're moving forward. We're putting the pedal to the metal. We're going to move on. So, you know, here's the thing. We got to do something's got to happen in us or you won't be able to. You won't be able to. Let me give you some action points and then we're going to pray. Have you moved on from Egypt? See, until you make Jesus, until you get a new Lord in your life, the old Lord, Pharaoh, is going to control you, spirit, soul, and body. You may not be aware of it, but it is. Amen? It says that all men have sinned, therefore all men are living under the penalty of death, the kingdom of death and darkness. The only way out of that is what? It's through the sacrifice of Jesus. He came, he said, so that... We could escape that old Pharaoh and escape the bondage of Egypt and be made a brand new person in God's kingdom. So he said, if you believe in your heart, confess Jesus as Savior and Lord, he said, you'll be delivered out of the old kingdom into the new. So if you haven't done that, that's the first thing. Because you can't stay in Egypt and get Egypt out of you. That's an impossibility. Are there any, this is for all, the believers here, are there any vestiges of Egypt you need to get out? Well, Pastor, I don't, I don't smoke, cuss, or kick the cat. Well, that's good. Good for your health. Good for the health of the cat. <laughs> but you know, that, that doesn't necessarily say that you got, you got Egypt out of you. Are there vestiges left? Attitudes there? Come on. What are, you, what are you doing for the kingdom? Pastor, I come on Sunday and I give my, my, my tithes and offerings. Well, that's good. and We thank you, but it's more to it than that. You know, where, where are you serving? But, you know, why, why does the same men have to be serve as ushers every, every week? Why can't they get to sit where you're sitting and some other people are? Why does the same people got to be with the children every week? Why don't they, you know, they would probably like to be in here too sometimes. 
no, I just don't have the time. Listen, just, just be honest with me and tell me you just don't want to do it. I can respect that. But don't lie to me. You got just as much time as the rest of us. Amen. I don't there's not eight days in my week. And you got eight days, tell us how you did it, because we'd like to we could use that extra day. We every one of us, you know, we've got abilities and gifts, see? It, but Egypt's all about me sitting around the flesh pot, doing what feels good to me, doing what I want to do. Man, I I can't come up here and pray. I, man, I worked hard all day. You ain't been building pyramids, have you? All right, last one. Have you taken Egypt into your promised land? Or have you tried to take Egypt? <laughs> it, 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 it don't work. It don't work. I remember when we moved uh, to the mission field, you know, and we were going to take some of our small appliances over there. But, you know... They wouldn't work. The voltage was different. I can remember plugging in something that worked on 110, and they had like, I think it's 230 or 220 there. Boy, I'm telling you what, you talk about that little motor running real hard for a little while, and then... <laughs>